Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hyoto, our live weekly wrestling show, and the official podcast of ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We're here to talk about this past week in professional wrestling, which mostly means the WWE, so we're going to talk about Raw, we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, we're going to talk about NXT, and of course, we are just over a week from both NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 and SummerSlam, two shows that I am not going to this year. I'm your host, Owen, and we are streaming this live over at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline, so be sure you tune in every Wednesday for that if you're able to, and I'll be monitoring the chat as well as our Twitter, at the heel turn. so send us your questions and your thoughts, we'll get to them as we deem fit. And of course I'm using the Royal Week, it's still just me! How's it going, everyone? It is another week here at Heel Turn, and uh, if you're not a subscriber to our Patreon, which is over at patreon.com slash pwc, then you've been missing out on our coverage of the G1 Climax 28. Because me and my pal Trace have been doing podcasts every week that have been ranged from three to five hours, because we cover a week's worth of the G1 shows which includes the tag matches, and we break them all down and tell you which matches you should see because, quite honestly, there's too much. You should not watch all of it. It is a fool's errand. That's why we do it. But I have important news to report for next week because if you're subscribed to our podcast and are you know a free listener... Then you're going to get a little treat next week, because it's the last week of the G1. We're going to put up that episode for free on the normal uh, heel turn feed. So, along with the normal episode heel turn, I'm not canceling that since it's the week before SummerSlam. But as a treat, you're going to get a bonus episode where you get to hear what me and Trace have been doing all this time. And maybe it'll convince you to subscribe. Because you can get it for just a dollar a month. That's like nothing. But, not only that, but also next week, Trace and I will be covering the G1 Final. And that will not be for free. That'll be on the Patreon at the 9.99 tier, because it's our exclusive podcast for our patrons at that tier. So, if you're interested, go check it out, patreon.com slash pwc. Japanese wrestling is quite good, turns out. Who would have thunk? But yeah, aside from that, not much has been going on. Football, preseason football that is, starts this week. So as a Philadelphian, the home of the defending, reigning, undisputed Super Bowl champions. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that. So that's what I'll be doing on Thursday. So hopefully, you know, wherever you are, if you're a fan of your team, hopefully they... Have a decent run. Unfortunately, they're not going to win at all because Philadelphia going back to back, baby. So yeah, aside from that, I also picked up a new Switch game this week. Which came out of nowhere. I didn't even know this game was happening. But if you played Picross S on Switch, they put out a sequel this week. For like nine bucks. 
and it's more Picross on your Switch, and it's real good. So, fortunately, I had a bunch of gold coins that I've been saving up from my digital purchases, so I could just you know cash those in and get the game for free. But if not, it's still nine dollars. It's a hell of a game. They added some new stuff like this puzzle thing where you collect the pieces by solving the other puzzles, and then you solve those, and it forms a big picture. It's pretty neat. Mega Percross is still in there, which is fun as always. It's it's a good game. You should definitely check it out. The first game was at the like not at the very top, but near the top of my game of the year list when it came out. So it's more of that, and it's very good. So yeah, that's all that's all I've been doing this week. So I believe it is time to move on and talk about the wrestling news of the week. There it is, that's the news. Our first news story that it's been reported here that both Ring of Honor and New Japan are doing a special show WrestleMania weekend at Madison Square Garden. And if you are a member of the Honor Club, which is Ring of Honor's $9.99 a month subscription service, you could get your pre-sale on today. Fortunately, I subscribed to that very service, and I got in on that pre-sale. And I can confirm that I will be at ringside for the G1 Supercard. So, if you are going to the show, and you're there, and you want to stop and say hi, feel free to tweet at me at the underscore heel, at the underscore ozone, and, uh, you know, we can grab a drink or something. Say hello. Me and my New Japan correspondent, Trace, will be at the show. So, of course, you know what that means. It means we're going to go attend the show, get back to the hotel set up our laptop and our microphone and record a bonus podcast. So, yeah, we will be covering the G1 Supercard with live impressions. And also, you know, we'll be in New York for WrestleMania weekend, so we'll investigate, see if there's other things going on. Some maybe major event that we might check out. I don't know. It's going to be a good time. So, fortunately, that's in New York, so which is easy to get from Philadelphia. However, Trace is in Seattle, New Japan, so it's going to take him a bit to get here. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Speaking of independent wrestling, All In announced this week on uh, Being the Elite how the broadcasting will go for the show. And it sounds quite good, because it's going to air on pay-per-view and on Fight TV, which is an online streaming service that airs MMA and wrestling events. So it'll be on there as well as the Honor Club, which I was excited about, but then I found out, oh, you have to subscribe to the like $100 a year version to get the live pay-per-views, which is a bummer, but it's fine. I'm, I'm probably just going to buy the pay-per-view, which is about 40 bucks, but whatever. Support this show. It's going to be great. And 
if you're cheap, the first hour, which you're calling Hour Zero of All In, will air on WGN America exclusively. I don't know what that means for international people, but for us uh, American viewers, that's pretty neat. I I'm not sure how I'm going to go about watching the show. I'm assuming I'll just get it on normal... Uh, on the normal uh, pay-per-view on the TV, since I want to guarantee it's in high quality, and I don't know if Fight TV is any good or not. Also, if I'm going to pay 40 bucks anyway, I may as well do that. Makes sense. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Dave in the chat says, Happy Rusev Day, and I say Happy Rusev Day to you too, sir. Thanks for tuning in. What else we got in the news? Oh... Speaking of weird things, dude, our buddy in the chat, uh, you know Kane? You know the professional wrestler, WWE guy, Team Hell No, just happened recently, and they disappeared? Well, that's because he's going to disappear for a while, because he won his race for mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. We live in crazy times. And you could say, well... Jesse Ventura set the precedent for that by being the governor of Minnesota, but still, crazy times. So congratulations to Kane on the whole being in politics. I'm sure that's going to work out real great for him. And uh, what else we got? We got... News about the May Young Classic, which is taping right now. May Young Classic is taping right now, full sale. They did they streamed the uh, the parade of competitors earlier today, and now they're actually doing the actual tapings. Which, if you don't know, unlike last year where they put them out in like chunks of episodes all at once in the afternoon, they're gonna air them weekly on the network after NXT. Which means it's going to screw up with the schedule for Heel Turn, as always, like the Cruiserweight Classic did. So, we will adjust our schedule and air after the, the Mae Young Classic, and also cover that on the show. But, they announced who the commentary team is for the, sh for the shows, and it's pretty, pretty incredible. Well, we got Michael Cole, of course, being the lead play-by-play, -play, but we the two other people joining him are Beth Phoenix, who did a great job on the Mixed Match Challenge, which I'm still tongue-twisted by that th those words, and, for the first time in quite a few years, Renee Young. If you don't remember, she did commentary down in NXT when she was early on with the company. So, to have her come back and do that is awesome, and hopefully sets up for her to do it at the Evolution pay-per-view. That would be swell. And, the last bit of news we got is that Brock Lesnar, you know, the Universal Champion, the guy who doesn't show up any time and, and is a real asshole about it in kayfabe, well... This week, he had a meeting with Vince McMahon and some higher-ups in the WWE. Because, as I've reported here before, he is back in the, Us uh, the USADA testing pool, 
which means that by early next year, he will be able to compete in the UFC as long as he you know, passes all the drug tests due to his whole suspension from last time. But what's good about this meeting is that he, Brock doesn't necessarily want to be done with WWE. But he also doesn't want to not go to UFC. You see. He wants to work for both at the same time. Which is kind of crazy, but considering his WWE schedule, that seems very doable. I, I could see him d- totally being able to pull that off. So, the only problem is, will Vince be cool with that? And also, if he's sticking around and re-signing with the WWE, that probably means that he will retain the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. So that he can go on to hold both the UFC and WWE Universal Championships at the same time. Which would be pretty cool. And WWE would very much like that, I I would think. So we'll we'll see how they uh how they address this. If I hear anything next week, since it's the last week before SummerSlam, I will let you know. But this is just a very interesting situation. I feel like the result of that match will determine if he's staying or if he's going. And uh, that's it all I got for the news. Uh, Dave is asking about something in the chat, but I will cover that when we get to Monday Night Raw. Because that's the way the show works. We don't jump around. So let's talk about Raw. Which I actually watched part of this week. I didn't watch all of it. It's three hours. No, don't. I can't. I can't do that, especially with all the G one I'm having to watch. Which a reminder. That's why the about last nights are not up on the website for the past few weeks. It's because having to watch and take notes for all of that G one coverage, while also running the website by yourself now, not easy. So I had to prioritize to the G1 stuff since that is premium content and it's actually quite fun and also next week is the last week of it. So let's talk about uh, Monday Night Raw and here are a few of the topics that we're going to discuss. First up is uh, Sasha and Bailey are still friends for some reason. Well. It's, we're about a a little over a week from SummerSlam. If this is building up to a match, they should probably do the turn soon, right? Or maybe they're not going to do it. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe they just are going to keep this going all the way to WrestleMania, which, Jesus Christ, that would be such a long time. But yeah, they're still buddy buddies on Raw this week. And they got the matching gear... And they took on Liv Morgan and uh, Sarah Logan. But what was interesting about this match is that in the middle of it, a hooded person pushed uh, one of the Rise Squad members out of the way of an attack and then went on to attack uh, Sasha and Bailey, revealing themselves to be Ruby Riot with red tips for some reason. Because first she had the 
get the long hair, and now she's got to color it because that's what everyone does in the WWE. At least on Raw now, it seems. But yeah, she showed up. She's back from injury. And I'm assuming, unfortunately, that we're not going to get the Sasha Bailey match at SummerSlam, and it's going to result in a tag... But if it's a th- if it's a three on three, I don't know who would team up with Sasha and uh, Bailey because that wouldn't really make a lot of sense. So I'm guessing it's just going to be Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan taking on Sasha and Bailey at SummerSlam because that's what the people want. Yeah, awesome. We have. Braun Strowman this week doing Braun Strowman things, you know just ruining everyone's day and uh, this week Kevin Owens had Jinder and uh, whichever sing that is with him I honestly don't care which one it is uh, on the Kevin Owens show which instead of being on the, in the ring was on a weird stage thing up near the entranceway which should have tipped you off that something was going to happen. And then Braun Strowman did the thing he did the night after the Royal Rumble, where he showed up and tipped over the this, this stage with people on it. It looked cool, but he's already done this. don't know if people have memories that go more than a few months, but yeah, he totally did this before. And it led to a match with Jinder, where once again, Kevin Owens was trying to steal the briefcase. Braun got his hands on it, clocked Jinder Mahal with it, and got disqualified. Which is, playing the seeds that, hey, you know what could possibly happen? Braun could go overboard, and it will cost him the match like it did at Extreme Rules. And on these episodes of Raw, which would cause him to lose the briefcase to Kevin Owens... Which is Braun's whole gimmick right now, since he's got a t-shirt that says Monster in the Bank. So they're trying their best to make you believe that he could possibly lose this, but... Yeah, it's probably probably not. He's probably going to retain it. And then be there as a possibility to get out of the Roman-Brock match. We'll, We'll see. The uh, the revival and the B team fought because that's our top tag feud on Raw because Raw is a good show. So yeah, they had a match for a few minutes, and then the leaders of World showed up and says, "Hey, we might be bad guys. We don't know. We're gonna beat up everyone though, and people will cheer us." Which they did, and the match got thrown out. And because they screwed up the match, they get rewarded with a title shot. Oh no, it's not gonna be a SummerSlam. You're 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 crazy. Why would they waste time on this five-hour pay-per-view when they could just do it on Raw next week and a triple threat with these three teams? Yeah, not great. You can't tell Raw's, Raw's not a very good show. 
But you know what was good? Was the Paul Heyman promo, which our pal Dave in the chat wanted to hear about. And oh boy! Was this an amazing promo from Heyman? It looked like he hadn't shaved in, in a week. He hadn't slept in days. He was either bloodshot, he looked terrible. He looked like a mess, and he was stumbling over his words and worried about, you know, Brock not talking to him, disconnecting his phone, not wanting anything to do with him anymore. And Brock, and then being paranoid that Brock's going to attack him for even talking about this in a public forum. And being legitimately scared for Roman Reigns because Brock has never been this intense and scary before. Even he was nothing to do with Heyman. And it was extremely good. Uh, someone told me this week that uh, to Heyman to get into his element for these to really like sell how sad and like messed up he is is that he would like occasionally grab um, you know his father's tie and wear that. And it would get into his head, you know, thinking about his father and getting him sad. So he's really, really method about it. And it's it's pretty great. However, if you just watched Raw, you should go to WWE's YouTube page. Because they had a little extra bit from the end of that promo, which they didn't air. Which was uh, Heyman saying that Roman Reigns doesn't have a chance against Brock. And he started to say unless, but he stopped, got up, took the mic off, and left. And Renee was very confused and concerned and wanted to know exactly what he meant by unless what. Little little tease for SummerSlam. Is is Paul Heyman going to turn on Brock and join Roman? Is he going to team with Braun? Is... Roman just going to be a heel? Does he know a weakness of Brock? So he's going to explore. Who knows? No idea what's going to happen. It's going to be exciting. SummerSlam. They actually had me excited about this match. Crazy, right? I can't believe it. So we got that. And finally, the last thing on Raw is that Ronda Rousey had her in-ring debut. On the free television. As she was hyped. You know. Which I explained last week. Was during her. Press cycle. For her Mark Wahlberg movie. So. It gets people talking. While she's out there. Tuning in the Raw. Getting a taste. And then ordering. The pay-per-view. In a week. For SummerSlam. To see her. Have an actual title match. And uh. Look at the numbers. It didn't really move the needle much. Whoops. I mean, the segment was fine. Except for the part where it was super obvious that they were stretching out the promo before the match. To give them time to promote it on social media and get people to tune in. But aside from that, Ronda Rousey fought Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox is fine. It wasn't anything special. Ronda threw her around very roughly. Jesus. Her throws look real sick, but also like look like they hurt like hell. 
and she she beat her. And then she cut a small promo on Alexis saying she's going to take her belt and did a throw to her too when she tried to snake attack. So, get excited for Ronda Rousey to win the title at SummerSlam. So there you go. That's it for Raw. If you're in the live chat and there's anything I didn't cover that you want to hear about, let me know. But if that is not the case, I'm going to move on over to talk about SmackDown. Which, if you don't know, is my favorite show of the week. Let's talk about SmackDown then. SmackDown this week opened with Randy Orton cutting another promo about how he's going to dest- he doesn't get any respect, he's going to destroy Jeff Hardy and everything that everyone loves. He he pointed out how many freaking accolades he has, which is kind of impressive. You know, he's been the sole survivor survivor series, won the Royal Rumble, won money in the bank, multi-time champion. I think he's probably yeah, he's definitely a triple crown champion. He's done a lot. Randy Orton has been around a while. So, he's cutting this promo on Jeff Hardy, which is weird, because he doesn't have a match with Jeff Hardy at SummerSlam. Jeff Hardy is in a match with Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. title. I'm sure they have a week to add him in as a triple threat, but they haven't yet, so it makes this weird. I mean, we almost got a triple threat for the U.S. title, which we'll talk about in a minute, but, yeah, Randy Orton's got to make his move and get into that title match, because he doesn't have a lot of time left. And it would really suck if he's not in the match and he just interferes again, because we we did that already. We did that on SmackDown after Extreme Rules. We don't, you don't need to do that again. Put, put him in the match. So either give him the belt or let Shinsuke hold on to it a little longer and not be a transitional champion, which would suck. But yeah. Speaking of champions, uh, AJ Styles came back this week to respond to Samoa Joe's pr- little promo about how AJ Styles does not want to go home and be a family man. He wants to go on the road all the time. And, you know, doesn't get to see his children. That's kind of sad. And Styles comes out and he admits it. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but I want to be the greatest champion ever. And that's kind of goes with the territory. I have to go out there and, you know, be on the road all the time. My wife is practically a single mother, but Samoa Joe, don't fucking talk about my family. Because they shared roach-infested motels back in the day. They were very close. And him to attack him on a personal level and get his family involved? Kind of fucked up. So now, Styles is not only, like, fired up to defend his title, he's out there for blood. And you thought that Nakamura was trying to get things into Styles' head for his matches and never succeeded. You think he's going to work with Joe? I mean, Joe's a big, scary man. 
you can like pretty much murder anyone, but don't know if this strategy is gonna work. Maybe Joe should just, just try punching him to death. I don't know. As someone who saw these two put on a small preview of it of a, at a house show last or the weekend before last, this is gonna be good. These two work well together, obviously. And it's going to be their first marquee match at in WWE. I just hope they actually give it time on SummerSlam. Because these pay-per-views get a bit rough. Especially in this co-branded era. So we'll see. See how it goes. Um, we had the rematch that everyone was excited about. Selena Vega taking on Lana again. Y'all excited for that one, right? Right? No? Okay. Well, it happened anyway. And Lana and Rusev were backstage. And Aiden English came up and tried to ask for forgiveness. Because he's been fucking it up for everyone for the past couple weeks. And they forgive him. They just don't want him out because he fucks everything up. So you want to guess how what happened in the match where Zelina fought against uh, Lana with the two guy, their two uh, men, because you know Zelina and Andrade are business associates, while Rusev and Lana are husband and wife. Point is, of course, Aiden English comes out at the end and. Screws her for the match unintentionally. Hooray! We get this again. Zelina has two wins on the main roster when she like only wrestled once in NXT. Crazy. I I'm not sure what they're doing with Aiden English. Are they gonna turn him? Is he going to actually be working with Andrade and Zelina? I do know this is probably going to lead to a tag match with uh, Rusev and Lana taking on Zelina and Andrade at SummerSlam. They haven't made the match yet, but that's most likely going to be the situation that they go with. It'll be interesting to see uh, if Aiden English gets to actually, you know, do something besides fuck it up for them. Because if he fucks it up again for them, and that's the only thing that happens, it's going to be terrible. So, like, make it interesting. Make him turn on Rusev Day, since we haven't had the singing in a few weeks, so they've been weaning us off that. Yeah. Very curious. But a, but a feud coming up for SummerSlam that is he, really heating up and is actually, like, one of our most anticipated things about the show is going to be Daniel Bryan against The Miz. Because we had an interview where, for some reason, Byron Saxton was in the ring and The Miz was on the TV screen from the, <laughs> from the set of Miz and Mrs., which... Number one, that show already taped. They finished wrap. They wrapped that. It was about 
The whole pregnancy thing. It, they already did that. It was clearly backstage at, at SmackDown with just... It was... Whatever. The Miz is an asshole, so of course he would make up something like this as an excuse to not be in the ring. And he talks shit about Danny Bryan. They brought up the stuff from Talking Smack all the way back to when The Miz and Danny Bryan competed on the shitty version of NXT. Excellent stuff. I'm really looking forward to the video package they put together. I hope it's on the level of Miz's WrestleMania championship uh, match. Because that is still one of the greatest videos WWE has ever put together. And this feud has enough fuel that they could totally reach that level. But yeah, the Miz talked a bunch of shit. And Daniel Bryan, because guess what? This is not actually at the set, it's backstage. Shows up and attacks the security guards and the Miz. The Miz ends up smashing his head with a glass face. And uh, is left lying. And yeah, this is escalating and I am enjoying every second of it. So I am really looking forward to this match. I hope it lives up to the hype. Because it's been a long time coming and they need to give this some time. Don't 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 screw with us here. This is this is the reason you brought Danny Bryan back. Is for this very match. And remember when I mentioned that the US title match almost became a triple threat? It's because Shinsuke was getting interviewed backstage and our truth, accompanied by Ty Dillinger, showed up and he he wants to get a title shot. And he's going to do it the way everyone seems to get title shots on uh, on SmackDown. And that's by Penny Carmella. Wait, what? I mean, to be fair, that's how Becky Lynch got her title shot. And that's how Charlotte Flair got her title shot, so... Archer's not far off, he just has to actually pin the champion that for the belt that he's going after... Whatever. It sets up to them having a match where if R-Truth wins he's probably going to be added in a triple threat. But of course they're not going to do that. If they're doing a triple threat it would include Orton. Uh, Shinsuke easily beats him and that's that. But it was fun. I, I, I'm starting to really like R-Truth. I'm glad he's back. Because he's legitimately funny. Like, his jokes actually make me laugh, which is saying something for the WWE, because they're usually very bad at comedy. Just ask Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley about that. Or Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Not great. But. We had the Bludgeon Brothers, who are the champions who will be the opponents of whoever wins the tag team tournament. They were in action for some reason. I don't know. They had three jobbers that they just beat for no reason. And then after that, we got the actual tag match we care about, which is the New Day against the bar in the finals of the tournament for the shot of the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. Folks, 
would it surprise you to hear that the blood and uh, not not the blood that the bar and the new day are really good against each other and could put on a hell of a barn burner of a tag match? Then you should go back and watch this match because it is just that high action, back and forth, lots of near falls, people diving in the ring, Biggie eating the the ring apron in a real sick looking way. Jesus, that it looked bad. And I'm usually concerned about his dives to the outside. It just looked bad. But yeah, this match is excellent. The New Day picks up the win because, as I had said last week, they're the face team. They should probably be the ones to face the heel team. And also, consider the fact that there's history between the New Day and SummerSlam because a couple years back, that's when they won the tag titles for, and led to their longest reign in recent history. So it only makes sense for them to return there and try to win the belts once again. Fun fact, if you don't know, they mentioned on commentary, the New Day are the only team to win both brands' tag belts. How about that? But yeah, SmackDown was... Excellent. It wasn't nearly as good as the week before, but, you know, we're kind of ramping up to SummerSlam, but we can't go all the way because the go-home show is next week. But it was a good time. Fact that continues to be solid. You, you all should be watching that show. If you can't, I mean, this show aired tonight. That's, uh, they call NXT. Have you have you heard about it? It's on the WWE Network, nine ninety nine. Pretty good. And if you didn't watch it tonight, well, let, let me recap you what happened, because it's kind of kind of eventful since they are leading up to NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four. So let's get on to it. First match: Amber Nova. Who, if you don't know who that is, she's appar- she's very tall, and she's apparently the daughter of a mechanic, and has a Chevy Nova, because, ha, her name, get it? She took on Nikki Cross. So a no-name person against an established name. And it's NXT. What do you think's gonna happen? The crowd knows, because as soon as the bell rang... They ch- started to chant, Nikki's gonna kill you. And boy, were they wrong at first, because what? A majority of the match was Amber Nova getting the upper hand and hitting some sick moves, and that was shocking. I guess they just needed to pad some time out, because as soon as Nikki Cross got the momentum, it, the match was over. She, she won. Because of course she did. But yeah, this was a surprisingly good showcase for this Amber Nova girl. Curious if they signed her. Or if she's a you know someone from the performance center. Because she they gave her a good amount of offense here. Very interesting in that. After that we got a video package for, you know, some, some guy named Keith Lee. I'd not seen him in action, but I've I've heard tale. Of this Keith Lee character. 
And he was wearing his hoodie and, you know, shadow boxing in the ring. And saying that he wants us all to bask in his glory, which is what it says on the back of his shirt. So yeah, we're going to get to see Keith Lee later tonight. But before that, Ricochet's in action. Because he's getting hyped up for his North American title match at Brooklyn. And he comes out for the match, and he's going to fade. So never mind, the Undisputed Era showed up. And they laid him the hell out during his cool entrance. Adam Cole gets on the microphone and uh, starts talking shit. Says, you call me a coward? I'm standing right here. I'm standing tall. Oh, fuck you, Adam Cole. You dick. He said he's going to mangle him in Brooklyn and uh, he's going to... And him being champion is going to remain undisputed. It was solid. This, is, this was a very good thing because... Ricochet's entrance is very long and elaborate. So why wouldn't some asshole just jump him when the lights are down? Makes sense. Adam Cole, you asshole. And that now I'm excited for that match because not only is there animosity between these t- those two, but also both of them are very good wrestlers. Especially that Ricochet character. You sh- you sh- you should check him out. After that we get Adrian Jauda Jauda Jaud whatever I commentary had trouble pronouncing his name too Jaud took on Cashizono and uh first thing I wrote down was who are they building Ono up to lose to now because this is the same cycle that always happens they bring out Ono Beats some no-name guy, gets some momentum, then we set up an established person, and he gets trampled. So yeah, this Adrian Jowd ja- character is uh, dressed like Ryu from Street Fighter. He's got the you know the white karate outfit with the sleeves torn off and the black belt. Kind of kind of interesting. Then the bell rings and. Uh, Oh shit! He's fighting like Eddie Guardo with his weird dancing fighting style. So we got a guy looks like Street Fighter fighting like a guy from Tekken, and yes, I like this guy. Also, I noted that the uh, female referee in NXT was calling the match, which I'm always happy to see that they don't just limit them to doing the women because that's a very you know, wrestling thing that they could do. So, yeah, the gender referee doesn't matter. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, while he's doing these cool stuff, all of a sudden Ono's like, yeah, I'm just gonna forearm you in the face till you die and win. Because we can't have nice things. Not with Catch Ono around. Thanks, Ono. Here we go. I hold on, I got I got correct my notes here because we had Velveteen Dream and EC3 next because Dream last week invited EC3 to his world, and by that I mean we went 
to what looked like the pool side that EC3's cutting all his promos in. Okay. But it streams pool? I was very confused about this. This this had potential, but it didn't really live up to what I would expect from these two characters. But I'll recap it anyway. They're at the pool. Uh, Belching Dream asks if he can, they can go for a walk, which EC3 very much would enjoy. And as they walk near the pool, EC3 kind of stumbles when Dream puts his hand on him, thinking that he's going to throw him in the pool. Because that's a dick move. And EC3 mentions that he came here to fight the Dream, but he, then he, now he realizes that this is too big for this. It has to take place at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Despite the fact that Regal made the match for TakeOver Brooklyn 4 last week. Again, this was a weird segment. Dream feels disrespected because he said he's treated EC3 with the respect that he earns. He's the top 1%. Invited him to his place. During this Dream accidentally drops his sunglasses. And EC3, being the nice guy he is, offers to pick them up for him. So he crouches down. Dream goes for an attack of some sort, which ends up just him jumping on his back into the fireman's carry and getting thrown into the pool. And that that's the segment. Weird. I feel like this had so much potential and they, they didn't do it right. They should have had them in Velveteen Dream's weird blue uh, purple vapor room with the words popping up everywhere. But we didn't get that. Uh, oh well. Then we get a match with Marcel Bartel, Bartel taking on Keith Lee. Here's Keith Lee's big debut. Uh, I note that Bartel has some cool classical music, and he's this cool German guy. You know, white, blonde hair, blue eyes, German guy, you know. And Keith Lee is this big African-American like linebacker type dude. Complete opposites. Keith Lee seems cool. His whole thing is that he's limitless. And, uh, you know, he's also got the Basque in his glory thing on the back of his hoodie. And the crowd chants, oh, Basque in his glory to the Seven Nation Army tune. It it was good. They do it again after the match, but it's, this is fun. The crowd was very much in the Keith Lee. Lots of chants for him. And, man, does he punch really hard. Jesus, his strikes were very vicious looking. I felt like I was watching New Japan again with some of these hits. Wow. Also, he's super athletic because he could do a leapfrog and a, and like a drop, a standing drop kick. Like Keith Lee is legit. There's a reason they signed him. He's he's legit. But here's the thing. This isn't just a squash match, because uh, Bartel, also pretty good at the striking, 
And he's got some fun character stuff where whenever he like does a reversal, he yells nine first. And then beats the shit out of him. It, this was went back and forth for a bit, and yeah, I've been to both of these guys. I hope Bartel is a guy that they have plans for because I very much enjoyed him. And uh, then we get uh, Keith Lee getting the victory with the jackhammer, and he is your winner. It's cool. Keith Lee is a cool guy. Bartel, also a cool guy. This is a bunch of... Just a couple of cool guys having a cool wrestling match. But, uh... That was not the case for the the next match. Because there was a lot on the line for this one. It was Vanessa Bourne taking on Tenara Conti. And what's on the line in this match is... And I don't know how they determined this, because we had no other qualifying matches for the Mae Young Classic. But this was for the last spot in the Mae Young Classic. A thing they did also last year, to be fair. But still. That's weird. So yeah, Vanessa Bourne is a person that we've seen for a while in NXT, and she's got this cocky attitude about her and her character. And we don't know much about Tenara Conti because she was there for a bit and then disappeared. And now she's back. We quickly learn what's up with her, though, in the match because, yeah, she makes a lot of weird noises while she wrestles. Like, she's got, like, this weird heavy breathing when she's, like, selling. And she, like, squeals when she's doing her offense. I don't know about it. It's weird. But, yeah, toward the end of the match, like, the whole thing is, uh, Vanessa's being cocky in the match, but then Conti kind of gets psychotic and starts screaming, and, and her voice cracks, and it's weird, but she puts Vanessa away and gets the win. So she's it's like the psychotic Brazilian girl in the Man Classic. Sure. I'm curious to see what plans for her will be after the tournament if they'll actually push her. Because there's a few people signed that are in this Man Classic that they should be pushing. Because they were also in the tournament last year and we haven't seen them since and they're back in the tournament this year. Number one case for that is uh, Rhea Ripley. Because that girl is extremely strong. She's got an extremely cool look. And, like, as someone follows her on social media and sees, like, the stuff she's doing on the house shows, she seems pretty legit. So, hopefully, after the Man Classic, if they actually, like, push her a bit further into it, they could do something with her. She's not going to win the tournament, of course, because it's pretty obvious that the winner of the Man Classic, without even reading the spoilers of what they're doing tonight, it's it's going to be Tony Storm. They had her over in the UK. They ha- She's actually signed. And she's got a great look. And she's decent. And she's good in the ring. 
I know because I was at a progress show last week. If you don't know, Progress is doing their North American tour, and I I went to the, their show, and she was in a match, and she's she didn't do much in it for some reason, but when she was in the ring, she was good, and she had good character work, and I'm um, yeah, I'm down for it. Go ahead, and let's push Tony Storm. She, at least she has a backwards hat now, instead of the little tiny weird hat she had last year. So we should we should move on and talk about what they announced for next week on NXT because it's the go home show for Takeover and we have Kyrie Sane against Aaliyah as a warm up match for Kyrie I I guess and we have the other matches Tyler Bate against Roderick Strong which is a preview. Of the tag team title match that they're gonna have at Takeover Brooklyn, and also, I'll point out Tyler Bate was also at the Progress show with as part of Mustache Mountain. And let me just say, Mustache Mountain is the best tag team they have. Wow! I just got breaking news from the WWE app while on the air. So let me uh let me pull that up real fast. Oh yeah, I'll t- I'll, I will mention this after we talk about the main event because it pertains to that, and also with a note that I had written down about it, which I guess they answered my question. So let's let's get on to that. Let's talk about the main event, which was Alistair Black against Johnny Gargano. Because if you don't remember, a couple weeks ago, asshole man won the NFC title because Johnny had to get involved and hit Alistair in the head with the belt by accident. And he let the thing consume him so much that the hatred took him over and he created the monster that he wanted to avoid. And commentary brought this up and mentioned that he had stared at into the vo- into the abyss and the, the abyss stared back. And now Ciampa's the champion. This was going to be a good match. But then Asshole Man himself decided to make an appearance and said, Hey, what if I just beat the shit out of both of you and you don't have this match? Which doesn't make sense because if the if he's fighting Aleister Black for the title in a couple weeks, why wouldn't he just let him get a beating from Gargano while also Gargano, the guy he hates, also get beat up. I guess he's just... needs to do it himself. You know, he's t- too selfish. He needs to do all the beatings. That- that's what he does. He goes in, beats them both. It all turns back and forth. Everyone's getting shots at each other. And the crowd starts chanting triple threat. As if we didn't already know that was the direction it was going. And I was questioning this because I had heard the news that this past weekend, at a house show, Alistair Black got crotched on the rope in a bad way. Which you think, oh, that's just a normal spot, but no. He needed surgery that he got this week. And that means... 
he's probably not going to be clear for TakeOver Brooklyn since it's in a little over a week. But because this was taped in advance, William Regal comes out and announces the triple threat that everyone knew was coming. And my question was, well, how are they going to address this if Alistair Black's probably not going to be cleared for this? And the way they did it, they just broke it on the WWE app by saying, Breaking! Alistair Black was found unconscious in the parking lot after NXT went off the air. Which is total kayfabe because this happened weeks ago, but it sounds like they're going to say he got jumped by Ciampa. Or maybe Kevin Owens, you know? Kevin Owens likes to attack people in parking lots. Mysteriously and explain how people are injured and can't compete. Could be Kevin Owens. Either way, uh, Alistair Black's going to be out of this match. We're going to get Johnny and Ciampa once again. Far sooner than we should. And ho- hopefully they, you know, they don't actually do that, and they can pivot this and make it a multi-man match of some sort. Like maybe include the Dream and EC3's match into it, since that doesn't have a whole lot of heat going. Make it, a, make it a fatal four-way. Why not? And Chomp is going to keep the belt anyway. Might as well make the match exciting and save the singles match for down the road, since. We've just had it several times already at the last few takeovers. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. They got time. They'll, they'll have to tape something this week as a back, backstage segment to explain this. So, And also, NXT is going to be doing their tour of the Northeast next week. So they should probably get on that soon before they take the bus up. Unless they're going to do it on location. So yeah, it's NXT. It's a good show. You should be watching it. But but if not, I'm here to recap it for you. On Wednesday nights, as always, and this is Heel Turn. A production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's not cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. Whatever. I'm not supposed to do this bit. I'm still not used to it. But yeah, we do this show live. Every Wednesday night at a little after 9 p.m. Eastern Time. For now. Until the Mayon Classic starts up and then we'll be moving back an hour to 10 p.m. Eastern. And we'll be doing a a recap of the Mayon Classic too as well. We don't look up the spoilers, don't worry. It's not that kind of show. But yeah, make sure you check out the website, ProWrestling.Cool. That's where we have... Some hot takes from our buddy Michael, who is he's been he hasn't had a lot of hot takes lately, which is fine. Things happen. People get you know life gets in the way. It's understandable, but when he has some hot takes, they're quite good. So make sure you check those out on the website. The about last nights will return after the G1 concludes next week. So don't worry, I will have write ups for SmackDown coming back. Still rolling with the statistics. We're still tracking all the wins and losses. And as a note, because the Mayon Classic is a tournament with a lot of unsigned people involved, similar to the UK t- Championship Tournament, it will not 
count toward wins and loss records for the year. So don't worry. The people you like aren't just because everyone almost everyone's guaranteed to take a loss. It'll be your your favorites will be safe in the tournament. You can follow us on Facebook by searching ProWrestling.cool or going searching at Facebook.com slash PWDOTC. We're on Twitter as well at PWDOTC and at The Heel Turn, which we need to use more because the, at The Heel Turn is where you get notified about the podcast going live as well as when we get a chance some live commentary during WWE events. So make sure you check that out. If you want to, and the Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash PWC. For as little as a dollar a month, you get the show notes to this podcast, as well as our all, all but two of our sh- episodes of our G1 Climax coverage. It's, it's a lot of content, and it's only a dollar. But if you want to bump up to the 999 tier, you also get our coverage of the G1 special in San Francisco, as well as our coverage of the G1 finals. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the underscore ozone. I I tweet. I'm currently working on uh, the League of Heels and their PAX West show, which is called West Coast Wishes. So if you're going to PAX West, make sure you attend that if you like professional wrestling. Which you should if you're tuned into this podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. My buddy's the Merchador, and uh, I believe he's going to be accompanied by some sort of mouse. They'll be selling merch. Make sure you check them out if you're going to PAX at the end of the month. It's going to be great. That's it for the show. We'll be back next week with another episode, which will include my predictions for both SummerSlam and TakeOver Brooklyn 4. So, it'll be it'll be a bit beefier of an episode. So, make sure you tune in next week. And that's it. Until then, y'all come back now, you hear? This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.